AM 1060 KDUS Tempe Phoenix and KSLX HD2 Scottsdale Phoenix. It's now time to enter the sports zone with your host, Bob Kemp. And, of course, after, uh, you know, Robert, um, thanks to assistant coaches, um, you know, I've had so many great coaches uh, here. Uh, they've made my job uh, so much easier. Uh, it's a long list, but, you know, the amount of work, preparation, um, and diligence that they do, um, every one of them. Um, and I say this about the players and the coaches, regardless of how long they were here, how many years they were here, how many years they coached, or what the position was. Um, you know, it was a great team effort, and, and everybody, you know, put everything they had into it. And, uh, and that's why we were successful. What was the actual process like in making the decision? Who, who did you talk to about it? Uh, Miss Terry mostly. She's my best friend and we've always been close and always made decisions together about whether it was career decisions, personal decisions, whatever it might be. So she was a little concerned about are you going to be able to sustain the standard and expectation of what we want to try to accomplish at Alabama? And can you do that or can't you do it? On third and goal, Stafford pressured, corner of the end zone, Cubs got it for the touchdown! On the 32. Goff climbs it, Goff launches, got a man, end zone, touchdown! Jamison Williams is becoming a big play threat, and he's got the Lions within a score. First down, fake it. Bootleg, Flacco sets, throws, looking for separation. It's caught, Amari Cooper down the sideline for the touchdown. Joe Flacco with the bomb to Cooper, 75 yards. Pass interference, defense number 37. That penalty is declined. It's over the play, touchdown. Calling it third and three officially. Mahomes with the edges rushing around and finds McKinnon. We've got man coverage, they alert it, get people crossing. Going to be a keep. It's going to be all the way to the end zone for Josh Allen. Spencer Brown, the right tackle, just blew open a hole. You know, we've seen on those last two runs, he's a, he's a powerful guy, and he can run between the tackles. Second and four, end zone, Cooks, touchdown, Cowboys. Hurts took it in. No signal. He's in. Touchdown, Philadelphia. Here's a shot by Russell. Beal's got it. And Bradley, a long time. Washington got a Why not? Fly. Why not? Oh, it's falling right now for him, and he's got 31. 16-point game, Aaron. And then you think about it, bigger picture in this game, Mike Hopkins... Head coach for the Huskies said that the key was to not turn the ball over. The Huskies have really turned it over. It's led to a lot of points for Arizona State as Wood bags another three. And yet, that enormous second half run for the Huskies has put them where they are with two minutes left to play. Dial 602-260-1060. That's 602-260-1060. Or tweet the show at KDUSAM1060. And now, here's your sports own guide, Bob Kemp, on KDUSAM1060.
Welcome to the Friday, January 12th edition of the Sports Zone. Not just the news and scores, the news and scores with analysis. In today's Sports Zone, right here on KDUS AM 1060 and KSLUX HD2 100.7, Bill Belichick or Nick Saban, which will be more difficult to replace? Gerard Mayo, is he the right choice to replace Belichick? Rams, Lions, who you got Sunday in Detroit? In the NFL Super Wild Card round, pick any game, side or total. The Suns was last night good Suns or bad Lakers? The Sun Devils, are they an NCAA tournament team? And what else caught your eye since our last show? Here's today's schedule lineup on the show, which is the most informative sports talk Monday through Friday. In moments, we have the introduction of today's pipeline. 10:15, a Lions and Rams preview. Steve Windsor will join us from the Detroit Free Press. 10:30, interactive uh, time at 6:02-260-1060, and also the local roundup that will include time pending some Suns, Lakers, and ASU Washington basketball analysis from last night. Final segment of the Sports Zone will be the national roundup, topped by Rip from the headlines and from the wire. And also then after the Sports Zone, of course, from 11 to 1 o'clock, it's the extra point hosted by Kayla. Today, the Friday spread, including previews of all six uh, NFL Super Wild Card Round games, brought to you by Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits in Mesa. Right now, onto the pipeline we go. Time for today's pipeline, where the host reveals the hot topics for discussion. And we start with the KDUS poll question at KDUS1060.com. And today's question is, which legendary coach will be more difficult to replace, Bill Belichick or Nick Saban? Kayla is here and has the early returns. Nick Saban leading the way, 60% of the vote. Belichick trailing at 40%. Belichick, the greatest NFL coach ever, and Saban, the greatest college coach ever, combined to win 13 championships. The Patriots have decided that linebackers coach Gerard Mayo will succeed Belichick. Is Mayo the right choice, uh, right choice he tried to say, to succeed, uh, succeed Belichick? Meanwhile, today's ex-Twitter poll question is, who wins uh, Sunday night in Detroit, Lions or Rams? And Kayla, what do we have here? We have the Lions out in front at 57.1% of the vote, Rams trailing at 42.9%. This is over on Twitter at KDOS AM 1060. Of course, there are other super wild card round games this weekend. On Saturday, it's Browns at Houston, Dolphins at uh, Chiefs. Sunday, it's Steelers at Bills, Packers at Cowboys. And then on Monday night, it's the Eagles at the Buccaneers. Pick any wild card, super, uh, super wild card round game, ATS or the total, over the next three days. Meanwhile, on the local front, the Suns dominated last night instead of being dominated. Was the Suns win last night more good Suns or bad Lakers? The Sun Devils took their first Pac-12 loss, blown out in the second half last night at Washington. Is ASU an NCAA tournament team? Also, in addition to all these excellent questions and topics, what else caught your eye since our last show? All right, that's the pipeline for today. We'll get to all these tremendous topics and much more during today's sensational radio program. Anything else on your mind falls into the general discussion category. So whether it is from the pipeline or a sports topic on your mind, 602-260-1060, or you can tweet the show at KDUSAM1060 or Twitter or, or uh, x slash twitter.com slash KDUSAM1060. Basically, the only rules are accuracy and objectivity. 
If you violate those rules or if you're just simply bad, you will be the target of this. Coming up next, we'll have a news update with Corey. That'll be followed by a Lions and Rams preview. Steve Windsor of the Detroit Free Press scheduled to join us on the other side. Once again, at the bottom of the hour, phone call time, general discussion, 602-260-1060. It's been quite a week in sports. Uh, We always expect uh, lots of NFL moves the week after the regular season ends, but uh, we got a lot more than we bargained for this week. Obviously, uh, the Belichick and uh, Nick Saban in college ranks, uh, departure from New England in Belichick's case, and the retirement from Saban. So lots of stuff going on, plus the games this weekend. General discussion, 602-260-1060, and also we'll have some local roundup in that bottom-of-the-hour segment. You're listening to Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KS Lux HD 2 100.7. Carving out time in your afternoon for the Doug Gottlieb Show, right here on KDUS AM 1060, 100.7 HD2, and KDUS1060.com. Weekdays from 1 to 3 p.m. Welcome back to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KSLX HD2 100.7, your home the Dan Patrick Show, live Monday through Friday from 7 to 10 a.m. Rams at Lions is the super wild card round game I'm most looking forward to. Out to the KDUS hotline we go. We're now joined in Sports Zone by Sean Windsor of uh, the Detroit Free Press. And Sean, good to have you on the show. First ever playoff game at Ford Field. Ford Field. How crazy might the crowd be on uh, Sunday night? Oh, it's going to be. Uh, I mean, as you can imagine, I'm not sure. And excuse me, uh, excuse my voice here. Just kind of getting over a cold. Hope the raspiness not too hard on your ears, but it's it's um, as you mentioned, it's the first home playoff game at Ford or first playoff game at Ford Field. Actually, not the first playoff game. There was a Super Bowl there, but the Lions obviously were not involved. But it's the first home playoff game in 30 years, and um, you know this fan base is one of the it's one of the more underrated football fan bases in the country. They they even when they were 0 and 16 and winning two games, three games a year that, you know, they were still filling up the seats in December. It's, it's, uh, it's, it just doesn't have the, the national, uh, what's, what's the word? Not notoriety. But it just doesn't have the national sort of following that say the Cubs or the Red Sox or even the Browns or the Bills or some of these teams that have been known as, as having kind of uh, tough losses or curses or whatever. But, but the Lions have won one playoff game since 1957. So the, the fact that they uh, they get a chance to have a home game for the first time in three decades, you can you can imagine how how crazy this crowd's going to be. Yeah, I was born in 1957, so they've won one playoff game since I've been alive. So uh, we'll see how this goes this week. Uh, Jared Goff uh, facing Sean McVay and the Rams. How do you think Goff will handle all the stuff going on around that? I think he should be. I think he should be just fine. It's. I think it, it's really going to be football related, right? It, can the offensive line give him time to throw? Um, can the offensive line open up some some lanes for their for their running backs, and then he can use the play action play action off the run? I think I think it, you know the outside stuff, the idea that it's you know against the Rams against Sean McVay, the the way he was 
let go from the Rams. I mean, sure, that's he's human. He's he's going to feel that a little bit, but 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 golf is a pretty cool customer that way. And um, I, I don't imagine that's going to that's going to get in the way when he's in the huddle and on the field and on the sideline in the locker room at halftime. I I, I feel like it's going to be all about the matchups and the strategies and who's executing and, and that sort of thing. I, that's one thing I'll, I'll say about golf. He's that I, since he's been here the last couple of years or almost three years now is that he, he's pretty unflappable that way. And uh, if he, you know, I don't know how much you've watched him over the years, but if he gets time, mm-hmm. he's pretty good, you know? Yeah, we saw him here, and he had time when he faced the Cardinals back in the day, but the Cardinals' defense wasn't very good in those days. So we'll see uh, see how that goes. Uh, Goff is, you know, he's had some not so good moments on some of these last few games. How do Lions fans view Goff, and uh, uh, you know, do, do they trust him at this point? I think I think they do for the most part. You know, I mean, he the, the, no team, excuse me, no Lions team, Lions team has won twelve games since. I want to say the 91 team. So he, and he's a big part of that. There's a lot of love for that. You know, do they, do they think about him? Because they say, you know, any, any football fan sees how the game is played these days. And he's not a quarterback can get out of the pocket and make plays. He, he sometimes doesn't even buy a lot of time within the pocket, you know, like, like say Tom Brady or whatever. But um, so, so there's always going to be a little bit, wow, what's, who's out there? Who's, you know, I remember. I remember when Lamar Jackson was sort of on the market a couple of years ago, and they were the, the fan base was you know they had been longing for somebody like that. But I think I think they do trust him, and partly because the offensive line here is is one of the best in the league, and they see what happens when when he gets time. He's he's uh, he's pretty elite when he when he gets time. But you know that's that's the question. I know you can say that a lot about a, about a lot of quarterbacks in the NFL hey, if he gets time, but. But I really do. I mean, his decision making, the way he reads defenses, and his accuracy are top notch as long as he has time. Matthew Stafford, uh, back in Detroit. How do Lions fans view Stafford, and how do you think he deals with all the stuff going on with him? I think Stafford, again, I mean, he, especially now that he's got a Super Bowl, he'll, you know, he, and he, I've seen some quotes from him this week. Uh, in fact, we have a reporter out in LA. He's, who's been kind of writing dispatches from there. And he, you know, he's, he's got the, the the feeling a little bit of, I mean, he, he understands what, what this fan base thinks of him. And they, I mean, they loved him for the most part. I mean, you know, when he played here, he got to the playoffs a few teams. He never really had one year. He had a really good defense, but for the most part, the team wasn't near as complete as it is this year. And, Fans have always understood that, and they're very fond of him, and and he and his wife uh, Kelly, and and they actually she talked about it this week too about it's going to be hard to come back and be on the opposite uh, opposite sideline and and be going against uh, you know a lot of people that that meant a lot to him over the years. But I think again it's going to be about football for Stafford, and I think uh, you know unless the, the Lions can get to uh, get to him. He's probably going to have a pretty good day. Sean Windsor of the Detroit Free Press, currently in the sports zone. Matt Laporta uh, went down with a leg injury last week. Do you think he'll play on Sunday? And if he doesn't or is limited, how's that alter the Lions' offense against the Rams' defense, which has been vulnerable in the secondary? It has, and I know they can still rush the passer a little bit. Um, so Sam Laporta's 
said the other day, told reporters, I want to say yesterday or the day before, I was still traveling back from Texas where Michigan and and uh, Washington played. I was sort of stuck down there for the national championship game. But but he, he <laughs> I did see he told reporters he felt like he was going to be able to play. Dan Campbell, the head coach, is hopeful he's going to be able to play. Again, like you said, is it going to be limited? That's that's what we don't know. If I would bet he'll at least try and be out there. How effective he can be, who knows? And if he can't be effective, for sure, that's gonna that's gonna change things. He's he's great at third and six, third and seven, giving golf that the uh, the, the sort of the check down to move the change. I mean, he's he's been one of the best. I mean, especially considering he's a rookie, he's been one of the best tight ends in the league. So that'll absolutely affect him. But they do they do get Jamison Williams back. Uh, they should get him back, who's been playing fairly well the last few weeks. So that that should help stretch things out. But, you know, they're, they're, they're back up tight end. Their other tight end, Brock Wright, has missed time, too. He's not Sam Laporta. But uh, it, we'll see. Well, obviously, they're going to be diminished. He's he's really, really good. But I still think they probably have enough to uh, to, to move the ball, even without him. Okay, along those lines, the Rams offense against, excuse me, the uh, Lions offense against the Rams defense, what else should we pay attention to? Uh, you mentioned the secondary. They've, they've struggled. I know Aaron Donald's still on the team, and the, 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 Rams, pass, the, the Rams pass rush. And even their, their, run, their run defense has been pretty solid. So, to me, it's, it, you know, you hate to say this, it's cliche, but but the Lions are built their best unit on the whole team is I mean I know they've got some good skill guys really good skill guys but their best unit is the offensive line it's one of the best two or three in the league and when they're healthy they're um, and they have not been healthy at stretches this year but when when all of them play when the starters are there they're uh, I, I don't think they've lost so if they can if they can again do what they've done when they're together then I think. I think they're going to be able to move the ball and, and they're going to be able to run the ball some, which will just help Goff. He loves he loves operating with, with uh, out of the play action. And that's obviously set up by David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs, the running backs, who've, uh, who've had really good seasons. So, uh, yeah, I, I, think, I think the Lions are going to have to score. To, uh, to I, I don't see this as a, a game in the teens or even in the early 20s. I mean, I guess you never know it's a playoff game, but I would bet high 20s. Uh, low 30s is going to be the is going to be the winning number, and uh, and and the Lions are going to have to to get to that to uh, to have a chance. Okay, let's flip this. The, the The Lions' run defense has been mostly stout this season, but the Rams' Kyron Williams actually leads the NFL in rushing yards per game. So, who wins that battle at the line of scrimmage? That's a that's a good question. You're right. That's been the best part of their defense, and they their their best run run stopper Lee McNeil was out for a few weeks and he returned last week and should be better this week so I would I think they probably have at least a chance with him back and uh, and being healthy but uh, you know the Rams are going to get some yards I mean right it's just plus the threat of Stafford and those two receivers that they've got that are so good um, it's 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 going to be they're not going to shut them down but I but I think that's the chance. That's the area where the Lions have a chance is to to gum up to gum up the middle a little bit and uh, slow the run game down and, and then force it into Stafford's hands and then hope that they can get to him occasionally. They struggle applying pressure. You know they've been missing their their edge rusher James Houston for most of the year, and um, 
Aiden Hutchinson is a good player, but he's just one. He's just one guy. So I, uh, you know, Stafford is probably gonna is probably gonna be able to to have some uh, time. Obviously, he's gonna have some open receivers because the Lions secondary struggles too, a lot like the Rams. Okay, along those lines, is that what most concerns Aaron Glenn and the Lions defense about the Rams offense is the passing game? Oh, for sure, and and Cooper Cup and uh, Nakua, I think. No, absolutely. Especially considering, I don't know if you followed the last the last three weeks, but but uh, the, the the Lions played the Vikings twice and the Cowboys once, and each of those games they had a receiver get about a, I don't know close to 200 yards. C.D. Lamb got 200 or so for the Cowboys, and then Justin Jefferson got got close to that number twice, and that was with Nick Mullins throwing to him. So that's yeah. an issue, and it's a, and it's a worry. And like I said, I the, the, I mean. Obviously, you have to outscore to win every game, but you know what I mean when you say they're going to have to outscore them. It's, it's just it's, I, I don't see them slowing that passing game down enough to keep uh, the Rams from scoring you know, well into the 20s. Talking uh, Lions and Rams with uh, Sean Windsor of the Detroit Free Press. Okay, the Rams have won six out of seven, but they've had some bad special teams moments even over that span. Well, the Lions, you know, Khalif Raymond, the kick returner, is maybe questionable for this game, but will the Lions be able to take advantage of the Rams' apparent special teams deficiencies? Well, you're, I mean, it's a good – Khalif Raymond's the key, right? And I don't know if he's going to play, if he is, how effective he's going to be. I I think it's going to be – I mean, the Lions' special – where they're good at – I mean, their field goal kicker's not – yeah, he's he's – struggle they don't kick many field goals of distance they didn't even try it. it's why one of the reasons they go go for it on fourth down so much i mean dan campbell's is also aggressive by by nature but their punter is uh has been really really good and sometimes in a playoff game flipping the field like that could be absolutely could be advantageous but you know the, the, you're talking about the rams winning seven of eight they beat some good i mean you know they lost one of those losses i think was to baltimore they lost an overtime baltimore's been the best team to win the 49ers yeah, on a punt return for a touchdown, they lost that game. In fact, yeah, exactly. I mean, they 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 beat the yeah. Browns pretty good. They got they got some good, got some good wins in there. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. Okay, so bottom line, who wins uh, in Detroit? You know, uh, this is this is such a tough one. I, I think, and I wrote this the other day in a column. I, and I hate to say this, but I, I think the Rams are going to going to make a play in the end to win one. I don't – I mean, for fans around here, they, there's a saying, the same old lines. Part of it's because of the some of the some of the nature of the losses. Uh, the idea that, you know, one playoff win since 57 and all that sort of thing. But this, this rebuild feels different than any that I've been around. And Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell and all the young talent. And, and sometimes, you know, you need a – you got to go through a painful loss in January – in the, in the playoffs and uh, and then mm-hmm. and go from there. And I, and I think my gut just tells me, look, the, the, the Lions can certainly win this game, but my gut tells me that's kind of what they're looking at. And it's just, it's just unfortunately too poetic that it'll be Matthew Stafford coming back to do it. <laughs> okay, lastly, this has nothing to do with the game on Sunday. Um, you know, Dan Campbell, does he have like a Detroit-based caffeine or coffee endorsement? And if not uh, – uh, should he change his representation to take advantage of uh, what should be, uh, I guess, an obvious moneymaker? Yeah, right. It's funny. I remember it was, it was the first year, or second year, one of the one of the the camps, the 
uh, summer, the fall camp, he would come in with this coffee drink and talk about how many shots of espresso he, he yeah. had. And I was trying to, I was trying to remember. I don't know if it was Starbucks or not. I can't remember, but no, no question. You know, it's funny if if they uh, ever get to a Super Bowl, you know, in the next year, and and who knows when it, which is just unfathomable for people to think about around here. My goodness, he'll be. I mean, you can only imagine. He's already so beloved and revered right now, and um, but no, he's he's as popular a coach around here that I've seen in a long, long time in any sport. Sean, great stuff. I appreciate it. Thanks. Have fun. It's been quite a week for you, so have even more fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, th- thanks a lot. Uh, thanks for having me, and good to talk to you. Our pleasure. Thank you very much. All right, next segment, phone call time, general discussion, 602-260-1060. Also, today's local roundup, if you want to uh, jump aboard, no problem. Uh, we'll get some local roundup stuff depending on phone call volume including a little from the Suns and Lakers last night and uh, ASU and Washington basketball. One of those things went really well. One of those things went really poorly. <laughs> so we'll uh, got to get into the details, some of the details of those uh, two results from last night. Once again, don't forget the extra point coming up with Kayla. It's the Friday spread. We'll go through all six super wild card games in some detail. I've got injury updates at least through yesterday and at least one from this morning already. Uh, So I'll be checking that as we uh, continue to go through the next three hours of uh, programming from 10 to 1 o'clock. Right now, you're listening to Sports Zone, and we appreciate it. Uh, With Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KISS Lux HD 2 100.7. Download today to hear all of the national and local shows you love. That's the KTUS 1060 app. It's time for today's local roundup. Welcome back to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KTUS AM 1060 and Kesselux HD2 100.7. In addition to the local roundup, it is phone call time. If you want to jump aboard, we got time, then we got room surprisingly to some extent uh 602-260-1060 so jump aboard we have more time than usual in this segment if you want to jump aboard right now 602-260-1060 in the meantime let's get to at least some local roundup here the suns dominated last night to clarify the suns were the dominant team they were not dominated which has happened uh, frequently this season last night final score suns 127 lakers 109 and as they say, it wasn't even that close. Uh, the betting market knew something, though. I mean, the Suns were 0-3 previously this season against the Lakers, but the Suns went off as one-point favorites last night at the tip. Suns had a 15-1 to run in the first half. They had a 14-1 to run in the second half. Statistically speaking, they had the edge in many areas where they have seldom had the advantage this year. For instance... 46-37 in rebounding advantage for Phoenix. 15-11 second chance points. 48-44 points in the paint. 28-21 points off turnovers. Almost all of those numbers and all those stats, I should say, or all those categories have been deficient in most of the Suns games this year, certainly almost every game that they've lost this year. Individually, Bradley Beal played by far his best game as a Sun, 37 points. 
six rebounds and also four assists. The bottom line, I spent uh, months, uh, really about 12 months now, ripping the Suns roster construction. Uh, but uh, how bad are the Lakers? They seem to be a dysfunctional team. You know, I've read about it lately. Jeannie Bush came out in support of Darvin Ham last week and did apparently again after the game last night. Uh, they're a mess. Uh, and, in fact, LeBron and Anthony Davis didn't really even seem to care last night in the fourth quarter with the Suns winning by 100. Uh, the TNT cameras spotted LeBron and AD joking on the bench. So, apparently, they kind of – maybe they're like me. They just don't really care or take the regular season too seriously. But uh, the Lakers might want to consider starting to take the regular season a little more seriously because they're you know, basically a 500 team. Speaking of that, the Suns are now 20-18. and 18. They play Sunday night against Portland, and Portland is 10-27. and 27. All right, ASU. Uh, they lost in Pac-12 conference play for the first time last uh, night, uh, for this season at least. Uh, the uh, the odds makers and the betting public certainly did not believe in ASU before last night. ASU entered the game four and zero in Pac-12 games. They were just a they were actually get this they were a seven point underdog at Washington. Washington had lost three of their four Pac-12 games previous to last night. Last night, actually, ASU looked like they were really in good shape. They looked like they were in control. They had a 48-43 lead, but at that point, ASU allowed 27 of the next 35 points, and it seemed just like that. I'm snapping my fingers here. I don't think you can hear that, but I really am. Uh, at that point, after they led 48-43, they gave up 27 of the next 35 points and trailed 70-56. to Final score? was Washington 82, ASU 67. Most uh, you know, surprising for, well, I'll, I'll just get to that part in a minute. Not, not surprising, let's go to that angle. ASU uh, shot poorly against Washington's matchup zone. You know, Mike Hopkins is the coach at Washington. He's been there for several years now. He was a Jim Beheim disciple as an assistant coach and player at Syracuse for many years. So they run a lot of 2-3 zone, even though this year, they run more man-to-man -man than usual, but not surprisingly. You know, considering ASU's poor outside shooting for the year, it was almost all zone uh, and almost all matchup zone for Washington last night against ASU. ASU for the game ended up shooting 41% overall and a horrendous 24%, 6 out of 17 from behind the arc. Personnel news, Washington did all this without its top big man, by far their top big man. Uh, 6'11", rim protector, and excellent rebounder, Kevin, uh, excuse me, Frank Kep, uh, Kep, Kepnang. Uh, I'll get that, uh, you know, K-E-P-E-N-G is how you, uh, that's how you spell it. He was out because of injury, and before last night, Washington had played four games without him. They had won just one of those games. Bottom line, ASU uh, still only been 5-0 and zero in Pac-12 play once ever. Actually, in Pac-10 or 12 play one time, 1979. And that was uh, arguably the best ASU roster ever. Uh, that was the Fat Lever and Byron Scott in many other player era. Uh, so uh, they had a chance to be 5-0 and zero in conference play for just the second time since they joined the Pac in the uh, late 70s, leaving the WAC and going to the Pac. Uh, but uh, they fell short last night. 
It was just a one-game trip here. Uh, ASU next plays uh, struggling UCLA, which lost by a billion last night at Utah. This might be actually the worst UCLA team in my lifetime. And uh, they've had a couple of not-so-good teams over the years, uh, but they are horrible. Uh, they got killed at Utah last night. Uh, meanwhile, the U of A plays on Saturday at Washington State. The Wildcats, uh, maybe you don't remember this, they split two games last year against Wazoo. They actually lost, the U of A lost in home in McHale to Washington State 74-61 to last January. And then they almost lost the revenge game three weeks later in Pullman. The U of A only won that game 63-58. to It was two of the worst offensive games of the season that uh, U of A had last season against, uh, against the Cougars. So we'll see if it's maybe something the Cougars are doing to slow them down or whether that was just kind of a fluky thing last year. This season, Washington State has struggled offensively. They've averaged 74.8 points per game which doesn't sound horrible, but that is actually 184th in the nation at 74.8 points per game. They've shot 47%. That's actually not bad. They've turned it over a lot. Uh, but uh, they've averaged 47% shooting. That's like 62nd in the country. That's not terrible. Uh, that's pretty average as far as power conference teams go, basically. So there's that, and uh, that'll be tomorrow. All right, so Pac-12 conference standings after last night. Oregon by itself now number one at 4-0. ASU drops to 4-1. The U of A sitting at 3-1. Utah, which won, as I mentioned, by a million over uh, UCLA last night, sitting at 3-2. Stanford's also 3-2. Colorado, which lost on uh, Wednesday night to USC. Uh, Colorado still shorthanded two of their top four or five players not playing again uh, but uh, Colorado expected to be the primary contender to the U of A they're now two and three in conference play and 11 and five overall they've lost three straight games after they were swept in the Arizona uh, trip last week Washington State is also two and three Washington now moves up to two and three USC two and three Colorado uh, California also two and three last place would be a tie between Oregon State which is a really bad team and uh, UCLA, as I mentioned, they think it's the worst UCLA team of my generation and uh, my lifetime, and I've been around a long time. 66 years old, I think it is still. I'm going to kind of lose track after a while. Also, in today's local round at the Dimebacks on Wednesday announced the spring training schedule. Uh, the, the opener is uh, February 23rd against the Rockies. Obviously, it's Salt River Field since they both have that as your home ballpark right down the street from where I live. Uh, also, uh, much is expected from Corbin Carroll, as you would expect in the second season. For example, Carroll was the fourth overall pick of a fantasy baseball mock draft at CBSSports.com that I listened to earlier this week. And one other local note here, Saguaro uh, High School football product Denzel Burke is surprisingly returning to Ohio State for his senior season. Uh, opting against entering the NFL draft. Uh, Burke, a cornerback, had an excellent freshman season at Ohio State, a so-so sophomore season, but he was elite uh, this past season. And so that's why it's surprising to me, and I know some people in Columbus that are really surprised that he did not enter the NFL draft after his excellent uh, junior season. 
All right, coming up next, we will have a news update with Corey. That will be followed by the conclusion of today's Sports Zone with the National Roundup. That will include some rip from the headlines and from the wire or whatever else I can jam into the National Roundup today. Once again, Extra Point, the Extra Point coming up, hosted by Kayla from 11 to 1 o'clock. That will include the Friday spread brought to you by Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits. We'll go through all six Super Wild Card round games we won't be here on Monday acknowledging the Martin Luther King holiday. Uh, so uh, there's a Monday night game. We will cover that Monday night game, Tampa and Philadelphia, and the five games that are tomorrow and Sunday. And we'll cover it all during that extra point. You're listening to the Sports Show with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and Castlux HD2 100.7. Turn those picks into gold. Wall-to-wall NFL coverage and the biggest stories coming to you from 3 to 5 p.m. The Rich Eisen Show here on KDUS AM 1060 and KDUS1060.com. It's time for today's National Roundup. Welcome back. Final segment today's Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KSLUX HD2 100.7. And on to the national roundup we go. Let's start with a combination of rip from the headlines and from the wire. Start with college football. Uh, Alabama athletic director Greg Byrne declared on Wednesday that he wants to replace Nick Saban within 72 hours, presumably because the current transfer portal remains open. And all the current players for Alabama have a 30-day window to leave now since the head coach has left or announced his retirement. The Athletic reported last night that the uh, front runners to replace Saban or Tommy uh, Tommy Reed, the offensive coordinator at, uh, at uh, Alabama this past year, formerly Notre Dame, Mike Norvell, Florida State head coach, more on him in a minute, and also Kalen DeBoer. By the way, DeBoer this morning has canceled a scheduled radio appearance in Seattle, and also uh, you know, Norvell's out of the mix now because he uh, reportedly this morning has agreed to an eight-year, $80 million contract extension to remain at Florida State. Meanwhile, Dabo Sweeney apparently is not going to be heading to Alabama. There's a clause in his contract reportedly that uh, stipulates that uh, he would have to pay 150% of his annual buyout if he left Clemson to return to his alma mater, Alabama. All right, on to some Major League Baseball here. The Yankees have made an offer to a relief pitcher, a free agent relief pitcher, Blake Snell, excuse me, free agent starting pitcher, Blake Snell. And also the Yankees on Thursday agreed to terms with Marcus Stroman on a two-year $37 million contract. I don't know if that uh, means that the deal, uh, the offer to Snell is off the table or not. Probably not. Seems like the Yankees are all in for this upcoming season. Meanwhile, the White Sox and Dylan Cease and the Guardians and Shane Bieber uh, avoided our arbitration. Both all those parties did, did that on uh, on Thursday. Even though uh, there's been lots of trade rumors involving both of those people out there, I assume Cease is almost a certainty to be traded, even with the arbitration settlement. Uh, Bieber, not so sure. Didn't have a great year last year. Ended up uh, having some injury issues with the arm in the second half of the season. Uh, so we'll see if they actually are traded at some point before the start of the regular season. Of course, spring training starts 
and pitchers and catchers, I think, are like February 13th or something like that. That's never too soon for pitchers and catchers to report. Meanwhile, from the NBA, the struggling Warriors reportedly could deal anybody on their roster except Steph Curry, even though I think it would be a little difficult for – would a team take Draymond Green? That uh, would be interesting if they actually – You know, I don't think anybody you – know, remember, he just signed a contract extension. Then you got to put up with all the stuff. Uh, better word for stuff that starts with an S that I can't use on radio. Uh, meanwhile, the uh, Knicks, Lakers, and Sixers have been mentioned as teams interested in trading for the Hawks' DeJounte Murray. And, uh, in fact, they mentioned that. Uh, Chris Haynes mentioned that last night during the Lakers-Suns game on TNT. Adam Silver uh, said on Thursday there is no doubt that the uh, NBA in-season tournament will return in 2024. He did say, quote, with a few tweaks, and I didn't see any details of what the tweaks would be. Also, the NBA is planning to make the 2024 NBA draft a two-day event. There's only two rounds. And the second round is oftentimes, uh, oftentimes a bunch of players we've never seen or heard of because uh, the uh, foreign player market also uh, you know, really kind of loads up in the second round and a lot of those guys are not even going to play in the NBA for a few years, even after they're drafted by those teams. Uh, so, uh, but a two-day event that apparently is uh, going to happen with the NBA draft starting this year at the end of June. Meanwhile, the Hornets' Lamelo Bar, this uh, Lamelo Ball, this is a big deal. He could return from an injury tonight. He has been out for 20 games uh, with his latest injury, and the uh, Charlotte is three and 17. 3-17 and 17 in the 20 games that he has not played. And speaking of injuries, obviously, if you missed it earlier in the week, John Moran is out for the season with the injury that he suffered last weekend. Uh, and uh, he's, he's done for the year, unfortunately, headed for surgery. Also, the Grizzlies' Marcus Smart, he's going to miss at least six weeks with a finger injury on his shooting hand. Um, not the greatest shooter in the world, but still, I mean, that's a, that's a big deal, no matter if you're a good shooter or not. If you have a, fing, a finger injury on your shooting hand, not a good thing. Uh, you know, I'm a basketball expert, or at least say as far as, uh, you know, supposedly, uh, I'm quote expert in quotes there. All right, on to football for the weekend. Uh, some updated point spreads here. Uh, I'm going to go with the consensus Nevada lines at this point. Cleveland, the uh, two, two-and-a-half-point favorite. This was almost all two yesterday, but there are plenty of twos, uh, two-and-a-halves, excuse me, that popped up in the last 24 hours, including at some of the prominent uh, Nevada sports books, including the South Point, which obviously takes a large handle uh, for games. Uh, so they're, up to, they're back up to two-and-a-half. They were two-and-a-half earlier in the week, went to two, and now the consensus is still two. Uh, but there are two and a halfs popping up in the last 24 hours. Total in that game sitting at 43 and a half, 44 and a half. We're going to go consensus 44 and a half, however. Meanwhile, uh, second game on Saturday night on Paramount, right? Paramount, I think it is. Uh, Miami's at, yeah, Peacock. That's it. I get all those mixed up because I don't have any of them. Uh, so that's on Peacock. Uh, that's uh, Kansas City in uh, cold weather. Really cold weather. More on that than the next couple of hours, too, from us. Uh, not the you know, We're not passing along the cold weather to you personally, but we'll talk about the cold weather. Uh, Kansas City, a four-and-a-half-point home favorite. 
against uh, the Miami Dolphins. Total in that game consensus is uh, like 43 and a half. All right, on Sunday, you have Pittsburgh at Buffalo. Bad weather in Buffalo and apparently really bad winds possible. I'm going to double-check that before we get rolling in the extra point at the top of the hour here in a couple of minutes. Uh, but there are some nine-and-a-halves popping up in the last uh, you know, couple hours here as far as this game in Buffalo on, on uh, Saturday night. Sunday Sunday morning, excuse me, Sunday morning. Uh, they were all, It was basically 10 everywhere for several days. Nine-and-a-half popping up this morning in at least a couple of places in the, in the state of Nevada. Total in that game sitting at 35-and-a-half. That's down from the original number, at the, uh, which was 41-and-a-half. There's actually now I see 35s right now. That's a couple of places just moved to 35 in the last few minutes. Down Sunday, Green Bay's at Dallas. And this game has really changed since yesterday. Uh, basically, Monday through Thursday, the game was 7-and-a-half. Now it's 7 pretty much everywhere. As uh, some money on the Packers in the last few hours here. Also on Sunday, the Los Angeles is at Detroit. Game we previewed earlier this hour. That game is basically three across the board, with Detroit favored the total 51 and a half. And then on Monday, uh, Philadelphia at Tampa Bay, and uh, some uh, you know, your little juice now with Philadelphia. This may be moving off of three to three and a half at some places soon, but that's going to take a lot of money to do that. Uh, Tampa Bay also the total in that game sitting at 43 and a half. Some for some places 44. All right, that's the Sports Zone for today. We appreciate you listening. Stay tuned. The Extra Point hosted by Kayla coming up next, including the Friday spread. Thanks for listening. This has been the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp.